some kind of disturbance. I'm gonna go check it out. We request that everybody stays calm at the current moment. Who are you people? I wanna coffee! You, 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 you are now too, 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 too big. Five, four, where love and life come together. come together. From the Spacebird Media Studios, it's Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. Hey, we're Roxanne and Ace. This is Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. Glad to be with you. Week number three, and lots have been, I mean, I feel like within a week, the world imploded. This has been like the week of all weeks of things that have really been trending that we really want to get caught up on, but First and foremost, we welcome you, Roxanne. How you doing? Uh, if I were any better, I mean, there'd be trouble. I mean, I'm I'm so happy and excited to be with you, and mm. to have this program each and every week. It's such a joy. So thank you. I look forward to it. Well, as we get started this week, I know that uh, you know. I, I think when we think about our faith. You know, there are ways that we could be sharing it. And I know that, you know, this podcast is one of those ways. If you don't know how to share faith with someone, just tell them to listen to this podcast. That could be a number one starting point. But uh, there are some things that we could be learning from this week that might actually help you more in that vein. Well, apparently a lot of us are interested in influence. You know, we we want that. What is the definition of it? The capacity or power of persons or things to be a compelling force or produce effects on the actions and opinions and behavior of others. That is the definition of influence. Mm -hmm. Yet how much influence are we really having when we're boycotting or we're standing up to the man or, or we're saying, you need to do this? How much influence do we really have? Some stats that are pretty scary. Last year, there were 21 billion visits to adult websites. Mm. That's stunning. 68% of women and 74% of men admit they would have an affair if they would never get caught. Now, Ace, that's, that's, that is the highway to disaster. It just, you want to just, because people think, oh, I'll go to Vegas. No one will know. No, you, you go to Vegas, you get the disease, you come home with it and everybody finds out it's when you're trying to hide stuff, it's disastrous. And as someone who had to cover his own lies and try to hide his tracks for far too long, it eats at your soul in a way that I cannot even describe. So you may think that you're getting away with it and you might get away with it for a time, but at some point, God will either reveal it to others or you will get sloppy or whatever, and you'll get in a place that your soul is so bent out of shape that you don't even know how to recover, that that you you literally will have to surrender to Christ in that moment to be able to find any kind of healing. But there's nothing worse than allowing yourself to continue in a pattern that you think, oh, well, no one, I'm the only one that's affected by this. No one's being hurt by it. That is so not true. You are affecting yourself in ways you cannot see yet. And if you're blinded by that, I will definitely be in prayers for you because I was that guy. I was blinded for far too long. And it wasn't just about, you know, short skirts and big boobs. It was about the fact of emotional attachment to the wrong people at the wrong time in your life and in the wrong setting. And if you're married, it's always a no-no. If you're single, set some boundaries. Have some kind of 
level of expectation that you go, okay, I want someone like this so that you both are rising to the occasion of Christ and not to the occasion of the world or not to the adrenaline of the moment. And she's just so pretty or he's just so hot or what that that's fleeting. That stuff comes and goes. There needs to be some serious foundation in the relationships we have. Well, I appreciate so much that transparency. And I'll just add to that because my numbers, you know, you all have your number. Who were you intimate with? What's the number? Mine are frightening. It is pre-Christ, but it's a miracle I wasn't killed or had a disease. Mm. And I really believe it was trying to find love. And when you give away your body, your temple, which belongs to God, and you don't value yourself much, you might find yourself up underneath somebody you don't even know. And that's frightening. Now it could be deadly. Okay. And it's a lonely way to be. You could be, you could think, well, I'm the most popular girl in the room, but are you? And how long does that last? And what value are you getting from it? And thank goodness I'm married to a godly man. And and that's a person that I don't even know anymore. But that was a lonely girl who would walk into a place to get picked up by someone I did not know. I think about that and think, wow, Lord, you must have cared about me before I even knew you because Mm -hmm. I can't believe I'm even here. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and the thing too, and I remember this and it was a blind spot for me for too long is that I didn't realize how much I was hurting in areas that I was only just having the affairs for the sake of feeling anything other than what I was feeling. So if I was feeling lonely or if I was feeling, you know, abandoned or I was feeling left out or what I was looking for any kind of emotion other than those. And that's that God shaped hole that we talked about in last week's show is that we keep filling the thing that God is supposed to is the only thing that is supposed to fit in that shape And when we do that and we fill it with all the wrong things, well, first he comes in and he forces all of that stuff out because it don't fit. And we have to get to that place where we say, I I can't live like this anymore. And if you're, and if you're in that place where you're making a decision to do it and you just think no one's going to know, someone's going to know at some point, or if you're contemplating it because you want to feel anything other than what you've been feeling again, get on your knees and say, God, help me in this moment, because he's waiting on you to say that. And that doesn't mean heap condemnation on yourself. I'm so horrible. I'm guilty. I can never do better because that doesn't amount to a hill of beans. It doesn't help at all. I think it's very important to love yourself as you love others. We're to love, we're to love God with all of our heart and soul and mind, but that doesn't mean we need to sit around and go, well, I did that. I'm guilty. Therefore I can never have a healthy life. Mm -hmm. I believe the forgiveness is ours today, tomorrow, and forever because of Christ's blood sacrifice on the cross. I don't have to look back at that person with anything, but Right now, great sympathy, because I I really didn't know better. But even sometimes when we know better, we just want to feel better. And we'll we'll use whatever it is to feel better. I think that's part of what you were saying, Ace, is you were trying to feel better. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that uh, as we have our heavy hearts for the things in our lives, you know, one of the big heavy-hearted stories this week is the passing of Lisa Marie Presley. And, you know, literally, I don't think I've ever watched a news story so quickly go from the trend of her being taken to the hospital 
to her passing. I mean, it felt like within seconds, one happened and then it was just there. But to see her the previous, like three days before at the Golden Globes and in the midst of Austin Butler winning for best actor as Elvis, which if you haven't seen him as Elvis, he's amazing. But that connection among that family with Austin like she was in all of the press stuff that was going out around the award shows and now she's gone. And it, you, the hurt, I think, cause you know, it's not just a matter of Presley fans that have followed her life and, you know, felt because she was literally at Graceland. Then the next night she's in LA for the golden globes and then she's gone. And none of us are promised tomorrow, but I mean, praying for the Presley family has been a big part of my week because I cannot even begin to imagine what they're feeling. Her three adult children, she lost her son, Benjamin, to suicide. Mm -hmm. And they say, Ace, that she was really never the same, that she became somewhat of a recluse after Benjamin's death, who, by the way, to me, looks exactly like Elvis. Looked when he was, I mean, so much so it was, I think Lisa Marie did too. But you look back at her life, four marriages, a lot of trouble within that. Married to Michael Jackson, couldn't have been easy. Mm-hmm. I read at one point she said, Michael, cheese between drugs or me, and he chose drugs. And people would tell her, you don't love him. It's just a publicity stunt. And she said, I don't marry anybody I don't love. Yeah. But Michael, when he wants something, is very persuasive. I mean, we could talk an hour and a half about Lisa Marie. But she was asked what were some of her favorite memories of her dad. And once when she's a little girl, he just, oh, well, I don't know why this just affects me. But he loaded up a private plane and said, baby girl, we're going to go play in the snow. <laughs> mm. And they flew, they played in the snow, they got back on the plane and they went home. <laughs> well, and think about this. I don't know where it was that I saw this clip, but she, her, having access to Graceland her whole life, if you've never been, Graceland is exactly exactly the way it was when Elvis died. So the age that she was as as a child... The home is exactly the way it was as a child. How many of us wish we could go to our childhood home and see it the way that it was with all of our stuff in it and, you know, and all the colors and everything that's, you know, permanently, you know, in the seventies or whenever you were, you know, your childhood home was, but she's had that joy and now being able to pass it on to her kids is a wonderful thing. But at the same time, it is a time capsule of so much of, pop culture and trends in homes and all that. I mean, we, I love going to Graceland. I mean, I, I'm more I of a Beatles too. fan than an Elvis fan, but there is something <laughs> about when you walk into Graceland, like Elvis is hanging out, man. Like I just feel there's just, he's there. It feels amazing, but it's to think about how much we've watched her grow up. So she feels like family to us, you know, we're invested in, in her and, We'll pray for her children, and and I don't know where she was spiritually. We understand she was part of Scientology, but are told she quit the church. Scientology is another show. We need to talk about Scientology. If you've watched any of the Leah Remini Netflix series on it, you will become highly disturbed in about 30 seconds about Scientology. All right, so let's talk about the war in Ukraine. Here's the headline from the New York Times. The civilian deaths in the Ukraine have surpassed 7,000. Think about that. They say the real death toll is even higher. And and Ace, I followed President Zelensky's wife on Instagram, 
And most of the time, they convert what she's written into English so you can see it. And one of the most powerful things that grieved me so much, she showed photo after photo after photo of little kids, older people, of soldiers, of civilians with one leg. They've just mm -hmm. lost a leg in the war. And it was mm -hmm. picture after picture. And I just wept. Yeah. I'm like, wow, what has happened to our world? Yeah. Well, and I know in being a part of uh, ministries that helped war-torn orphans, that it, literally they watched mom and dad step on a mine that they thought was dormant and it wasn't. And now, you know, mom and dad are gone. Aunts and uncles are gone. And the power of what God's word can do in families that have gone through that. And so when you s continue to see headlines and when you just want to scroll past it to go on to the next thing, just keep them in your prayers because we don't necessarily understand. You know, God's word says we will hear about wars and rumors of wars. But in the midst of that, it's just a reminder that, again, time is minimal and we need to be proclaiming God to the world so that they're ready for his return. Another story making headlines, Brian Koberger, 28 years old, the man accused of capital murder in the deaths, the horrible stabbings in the middle of the night of four Idaho college students, mm -hmm. kind of became an obsession for me. I, I watch a lot of crime stuff. And the search for him and how agonizing it was and how everybody got on social media and examined every single video or photograph trying to figure out who could do this? Right. Why? And then they've come up with this guy, so much evidence, apparently. Of course, I hear he's going to fight all of that evidence. His lawyers will in court. But it's it's obviously horrifying, the loss of life. The fact that one of the roommates that is alive looked out and saw a masked man ace in the hallway with bushy eyebrows, kind of fits his description, Mm -hmm. And we don't know why, but she didn't immediately call the police. And there he is in the hallway with a mask on mm -hmm. in her house. There's so many mysteries about this and so many things still yet to unravel. Yeah. But we hear that he's pretty emotionless person. He can't feel much of anything, was on heroin for a little while, that um, he's really got some issues. And so... I don't know. What do you think of all that? Well, and I, I'm a firm believer because I've seen it and I've got friends who are counselors within schools is that, you know, we don't know what's happening in the homes of the kids that are sitting next to us in class. And I think about, you know, living and, and seeing friends that I went to high school with and the things that they were facing that now they can open up about, you know, this kid went through a lot in his childhood that now is coming out in an awful, terrible way. But again, that's where I feel like we can be kinder to those around us because you don't know what they're facing any more than they know what you're facing. And to be able to also then have conversations with your kids when they get, they see these, because, you know, the headlines are everywhere, but then to be able to put their mind at ease because, you know, my girls are at that age where, you know, college and things like that are, you know, the conversations you have, but they're thinking, well, I don't want to go and have to be on campus and worry and look over my shoulder at all times and have to know where the emergency, you know, box is to run to it and, you know, make it go off if, if I see something that makes me feel unsafe. But that's unfortunately the world that we live in is that we just have to be educated and knowledgeable. But then while we're aware of what's going on around us, 
being prepared and then praying and going, all right, God, remove the fear because I don't want to live in this world with fear. I want to trust you. And thank goodness for advanced technology, genealogical DNA, his dad's DNA leading to him. Fascinating stuff. All right, we move on to Prince Harry. We say that's a happier topic, but I just feel for Prince Harry. I, he he didn't even know how to cry, he writes in his new book called Spare. I watched the Netflix documentary. And, and, and I'll say this. A lot of people are like, oh, Harry's whining. He's a royal. He lives in a mansion, la, la, la. He's telling secrets on the queen, and they're sick of Harry. But, but here's the thing. It can't be easy to be the one that gets set aside. And, I, and I'll tell you how they treated Meghan Markle's shame on the British press. Shame. The headlines, the ugly vitriol, the racism that was so intense. Wouldn't you, Ace, as a husband, say, hey, this is my wife. Back off or we're out of here, wouldn't you? Absolutely. And here's my other thing on that, too, is that with now Prince Charles, you know, King Charles, you know, the queen is gone. I mean, May she rest in peace, but rules can now change because the last generation has moved on. And I think Charles will make changes so that it welcomes Harry and Meghan back in a way that they don't. Because, I mean, they, they're bucking the system because they don't want that lifestyle. That's not for them. And anytime we've ever gone in our life, when, when have you stepped out and said, I don't want to live like this anymore? And everyone's like, oh, well, you Gotta watch out for Roxanne. She's, you know, she's crazy. <laughs> and it's like, I'd rather be crazy and be at peace with what God's called them to than to try to fit into a bubble that everybody's, well, you got, you got to act like this. You got to talk like this. No, says who? We talked about that last week. Our value is in Christ and he knows what he's made us to do. And if we have to buck the system a little bit, Buck the system a little bit to be able to have the freedom that you know that you deserve. And that, again, the places that Harry and Meghan can go to that the rest of the royals can't, that's like, you know, charismatic and Episcopalian coexisting on the same street. You're reaching the people that the others can't reach. But it's all for God's kingdom. And Harry lost his mother, Mm -hmm. he said, due to the paparazzi. And now he's watching this incredible, hungry pursuit that's very ugly. At least the British press loved his mama. Now his wife is just treated with disdain. And I don't believe she earned that. And do you see I get a little bit wound up about Harry? So let's move on. (laughs) Well, I I, want to know, this is something that, (laughs) as we've talked about this, this is such a big deal. And not only because you know how I love my naps, you know, I'm still sleep deficit from forever. But I also was a part of church plans. And there's actually a nap bishop that she... (laughs) And this this is one of those where if you've ever wanted to start a church, this might be the way you do it. Well, I thought of you immediately. I thought, oh, Ace is going to be all over this. Trisha Hershey is called the Knapp Bishop. She is part of a Presbyterian church in Atlanta. And before you go, oh, what's that? It's, you know, the Knapp ministry, she says, is not religious. What happened to her was she was a single mom going to school. She got so exhausted. She was falling asleep all the time. And she discovered a sheet like Ace McKay can go to sleep in like 30 seconds and wake up fully refreshed. It's a gift. 
that she decided, you know what, this I'm pushing back. I'm pushing back on America's obsession with productivity. She's from Atlanta, by the way. Mm-hmm. And what what makes me laugh about this is like she'll line up mats with adults in like kindergarten. I was the kid who would never sleep. So it'd be I like, love the red and blue mat. That was my favorite. I could not stand nap time. My legs just be like this. Like, please don't make me sleep. And there'd be a, she'd be out like a rock, right? I would, I would, I would. I've always been able to just, and, and I'm, I'm one of those guys that doesn't close his eyes all the way when I sleep. So it just creeps everybody out. And my daughter's the same way. McCartney has that where I, when I watch her sleep, I'm like, now I know why people turn out the light. Like, don't watch, don't watch him sleep. Well, but anyway, so she's changing the world, just recommending naps. You know, mm-hmm. when, when your body's out of whack, it, it can create some real issues. And so I just wanted to make you aware that she's on top of it. The nap Bishop. Just remember there's 37 <laughs> mentions of rest in the Bible for a reason. Oh, that's good. Really? Yeah. There's that many. I just Googled it. So that's why I'm not a genius oh, on nap. I, I was like, just, look, I'm so impressed just, by Ace just, McKay. This is the world we live in. Because we are gone are the days of having to look up the encyclopedia, you know, because, yes, we are that old. But, you know, we don't have to try to find the book. <laughs> oh, man, somebody checked out the letter P. I need that one. We're Roxanne and Ace Unlimited and excited not only here in week three, but also as our first guest. And I didn't realize until today that he has become notorious for being first among this show anyway uh, on numerous occasions. But a good friend of the show, a good friend on and off the mic. And we welcome evangelist Caleb Gordon to the program. Good morning and good evening. And how are you, sir? Ah, doing grace. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. Thanks a lot for having me on the show. Uh, God is up to something this hour. I just want to be a part of it. And I'm excited to see what he does in 2023. Well, I'm really excited about what you're going to be sharing because we decided after much prayer, our show should be called Unlimited. And it really takes off the reins on what we would do. And I believe it allows God to move in such a big way. So we're going to start there with Unlimited with you, Caleb. Yes. um, You know, I was thinking about in Numbers chapter 14 or Numbers chapter 13, actually, you have Moses that sends the spies out. They come back with the report uh, of being a bad report. And um Moses wanted to move forward, but however, the people, they brought back the evil report saying that we see giants in the land. We're like grasshoppers in their sight and our sight as well. So you flip over in Numbers chapter 14, they want to select a captain and go back to Egypt. So instead of moving forward, they want to go backwards. And, uh, you know, God had the promised land for them. He had promised them the land and all this great stuff. But however, they refused to move forward. And so uh, they had to go through some things as a result of it. And I think so many times in life, people don't move forward. You know, and it's not because they don't want to, but sometimes sometimes it's just because they choose not to. And so we all go through different things, but you have to ask yourself, do you want to be a victim or do you want to be a victor? You can't choose what happens to you, but you can choose how you respond. You know, we all get knocked down at times and that's not our choice. But if you're still in the same spot a year or six months later, that's because you choose not to get back up. And I think so many times in life we limit ourselves because we don't want to move forward. For example, you take the dating world, somebody they may have got hurt or they might have got burned by somebody. So then when another great person, godly person does come on, they won't even give them a shot 
because they just think about the trauma that they dealt with in their past relationship instead of being open to potentially and possibly the person that God has for them. And so I think so many times we limit ourselves and we put our limits on a limit is God and not allow him to do what it is that he wants to do. But however, God is not confined to anything. He doesn't have any limits. So many times people, they say that um, the sky's the limit, but yet there's footprints on the moon. So I don't want to limit God, what he can do this year, what he can do in my life, no matter what last year was like, the year before, the past three years. I still believe that this year can be the best year, even if all the craziness and the turmoil going on in the world, even though you got to take out a loan to buy a thing of eggs. I mean, just all this stuff that's going on. God's still in control. Jesus Christ still sits at the right hand of the father. And just like Martin Luther King, I want to keep moving forward and I want to do what it is that God has called me to do. Well, and I know too, especially, you you know, you mentioned Dr. King and I, and I think, you know, especially this week of all weeks, we're always reminded of that famous, you know, dream speech. But I, I know for me, I love just the fact of the demeanor of the man himself and how I feel like in our faith, we can mirror that. I think that so many times we get caught up in the words of Dr. King, but I just loved his demeanor and the presence. And, and now, of course, the symbol that that means to not just to, you know, I think a black community, but all of us, because at least I believe in our house, equality is, you know, very dominant. But how much of that for you, when you think of Dr. King, in addition to his words, just his presence and what that has meant for the community? Oh, definitely, definitely means a lot. And like you said, not just to black people, African-American, but be an inspiration to all of us that no matter what you're facing, no matter who's with you, no matter who's against you, even if none go with you, uh, that you can continue to move forward, that you should stand up for what you believe in, that God has put different dreams and aspirations in all of us for a reason. He's uh, called us all differently, gave us different anointings, different giftings, but we're all different parts of the body working together. And so definitely an inspiration to all of us. The, uh, when times are tough, it looks like you're not going to make it just to keep going. And you never know by you submitting yourself to the Lord and being available and answering his call. You never know how many people it may impact, how many people it may touch. Um, I mean, he has no idea the impact that he left and the legacy he left, but he was doing the right thing at the right time. And as he said, it's always the right time to do the right thing. Caleb, I think in this season, a lot of people feel stuck. COVID kept us inside. We couldn't touch. We couldn't see like we normally did. And a lot of people are suffering from long COVID. And I know people are worn out even hearing about COVID, but the numbers are starting to surge again. And then you mentioned the economy. It was $5.99 for eggs. And mm -hmm. I, I took a breath. I brought home what felt like three bags of groceries and they were $330. And I, I, I told Wayne, how are people living? How, how are we going to do this? And you just get, I sense a tiredness. People are weary. And so what do we do? Uh, do we, as scripture tells us, cast our cares on the Lord? Yes, the Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 7, New Living Translation, give all your cares and worries to God because he cares for you. And then also one thing that I think about, yes, the price of everything has gone up, but the fact that we can still afford it, we should be thankful and grateful because there's people that are struggling just to pay their power bill. And it's like Paul said, Paul said with food and remnant, talking about with food and clothing, to be content. And most of us have that. Now, we may not like the prices that we're having to pay for food and clothing right now, but at least we're still able to, to pay for it. And, you know, God is still a uh, Jehovah Jireh, our provider. 
And, you know, we may have to cut back in some other areas of life. Maybe you can't go to Starbucks or Dunkin' Donut as much. Maybe you can't go to the movies or, or out to eat or, or, or whatever the case may be. But however, though, God is still faithful and uh, he is still true. He will always see us through. And, you know, you may feel like you're stuck. And so many times people feel hopeless. But the situation and life is never truly hopeless as long as you have God. It just seems hopeless if you put your hope in the wrong things or the wrong people. But like David said, I put my trust in thee, talking about the Lord. So good. Well, and I know, you know, as a single dad, I always like to ask you as a man, but also as a single dad, challenge us this year. What is the the, the additional thing of that? Whether Because I, I feel like this is the year that men are going to step up and we're going to run our houses in a godly fashion. We're going to do our relationships right. We're going to be kinder. You know, we're going to get past our egos and all the things that make us men, you know, and just be gentlemen, if that makes sense. And so what is that word that you have for us guys in that vein? Definitely. Well, I believe the best example for being a man was Christ. Here it is that he was uh, firm when he needed to be. But however, he was also loving. He uh, showed grace when nobody else would. He uh, forgave people. And so he was the ultimate man. And so many times I believe in society that people have the wrong definition of a man or they think it's just about uh, just purely about being masculine or they think that that just means being tough or, or whatever the case may be. But again, I think Christ is the ultimate example. He had mm-hmm. compassion on people that, uh, that were like sheep without a shepherd. And he loved people. He cared for people. When he was told the news that Lazarus, his friend, had died, he wept for him. So some people think that if you weep or if you cry, that you're not a real man. But, I mean, Jesus being God and man, he cried. So clearly there's nothing wrong with crying. And sometimes we just all need a friend that we can just, you know, uh, hold our uh, head on or shoulder on and just, you know, cry with. And uh, the Bible says that there's one that sits closer to you than any brother. And so I think this year, definitely, that this is a great time and opportunity for men to move forward. One thing personally that I'm doing and that I started doing last year is cutting back my preaching schedule a little bit. Still preaching, still staying busy, but just not traveling as out of state as much, not going as far. That way I can be closer to home and spend more time with my kids. Because in the day, what good is it if I uh, share the gospel all over the country, but then my kids die and go to hell? And so I just think to myself that first, Uh, Yes, I'm an evangelist and always will be, but I'm also called to be a father and to be a great father. And I want to raise my kids to love the Lord. And I don't want them to think that, you know, it's just about me preaching or whatever, but I want them to see that example on a day-to-day basis. You were talking about being unlimited, Caleb, and how important that is. And our example is is an unlimited God. And yet I think we have small thoughts sometimes. We think, well, I don't have much value. You know, I'm this, I'm that. We we think terrible thoughts about ourselves. We don't forgive ourselves like we can often forgive others. So how do we get in the right mindset starting out this year to think unlimited? Well, one thing I think is um, first off is letting go of the past. You know, yesterday is yesterday, nothing we can do about it, nothing we can do to change it. But however, we can continue to move forward, put our eyes on Jesus Christ, who is the author, the finisher of our faith. And I would say this, uh, for the most part, just take a step of faith and be open to whatever it is that God would have for you. You know, pray, read your Bible, seek him. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will speak to you. This year, I'm going to try some new things, some different things I've not done before. I'm going to try, I'm going to start my own YouTube channel. I'm going to do some other things. 
It may not go well, may not go viral. I may have five listeners, but I'm going to commit to it for one year. And I'm going to do Those are going to be the five most blessed people ever. Ooh, ever. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I mean, just give me five. We'll turn the world upside down for Jesus. Amen. Amen. But I really believe that people this year just need to realize that if you are just truly open to what it is that God has for you, you will be shocked and amazed by what he can do in you and through you. Yeah. And what about a spirit of thankfulness? You know, when I'm ministering to the homeless and those who are addicted in the streets, I'm always surprised. I'm still surprised. Uh, they're cold. They're hungry. But the first thing out of their mouth is thankfulness. They will tell you, I'm so thankful I'm alive. I'm so thankful. We, uh, we ran into a woman this week who had been shot in the back of her neck and fell to the ground and blood was everywhere. She didn't know she was gonna make it. And the first thing out of her mouth is, I'm so lucky to be alive. And I'm thinking, lady, you hardly have any teeth. Your coat is shattered. What are you talking about? But she's she's just, thank you, God, and homeless in Birmingham, Alabama. Oh, exactly. We <laughs> always have so much to be thankful for. And so many times I think that we have pity parties and we just think about us and what we're going through. But the truth is, there's always somebody that's got it much worse and much harder. And so I think to myself, like looking at the Bible, you know, all that Paul went through, he was uh, beaten. He was thrown in jail. He was stoned in the middle of a city, drug out, supposed to be dead. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, uh, at his first answer, no man stood with him, but they all left him and forsook him. But he said God was faithful and God stood with him. And I just think about that in life, we have so much to be thankful for. Maybe my bank account is not what I want it to be. Maybe you got laid off or maybe you got fired from a job or maybe even you had to leave the job yourself just because it was so toxic or whatever the situation may be. But in the day, we always have so much to be thankful for. And even if we lost every single thing and we had to start all over, as long as we have God, we can always start over with him. Mm. Well, and I was thinking about this the other day in regards to how we look at God's word and interpret it. You know, we you know the, we always hear that you know God's word is you know interpretable by all of us based on where we are in our faith, what denomination we come from, all those things, right? But the interpretation based on our experience with God. So we've seen Him work in these ways in our life. Then we read in the Bible about how He worked in these other ways. And then our understanding of that, I think we forget that when we are trans, uh, I guess when we're vulnerable enough to be seen in a transparent way, we are interpreting God's word for other people who don't know him yet. And it makes it digestible in a way that we can say, okay, this is how I want to represent God. I just want to tell people what he's done in my life. And hopefully they see the fruit of that change that's happened so that they understand his word. Cause I, I am not a theologian by any means don't plan to be, don't have any calling on that. But my understanding of how God's word has worked in my life, I want to share that with anybody who's willing to listen. Oh, exactly. I mean, I think about what the Lord has done in my life, what he's done in me, what he's done through me. And definitely I want to share that with the world. I mean, I've been divorced. I've been through bankruptcy. I've, uh, struggle. I've had suicidal thoughts in the past, back 2015, been through all kinds of stuff. And at the end of it, you know, God has been faithful. God has been true. And I think to myself, if God can use me and call me, if he can do some things through my life and in my life, he can do it in anybody's life. Nobody's too broken for God to fix. Nobody's too lost. It doesn't matter how many times you've fallen. The Bible says 
though a righteous man falls seven times, he gets up again. So for the people that have fallen down, that just feel like it's over 2023, let this be the day that you get up, continue to move forward. And I'm excited to see what God does in your life next. So Caleb, with that said, I believe there's somebody watching or listening right now that is just totally lost. And when I, when I was first learning about Jesus in the Bible, I was in a church and they kept saying getting saved. And I had no idea what that meant. I'm just, and I was an adult. Okay. But I really believe for, for God to move in your life, there needs to be surrender. And so if you would right now be willing to lead us together so that that person listening that may not know him can begin that relationship right now, it would be awesome. Would you be willing? Yes. For anybody that's <laughs> listening right now, maybe you grew up in church. Maybe you didn't grow up in church. Maybe you just heard about God or a little bit about Jesus or about the Bible. Just know that without God, life is pointless, but he created you for a reason, for a purpose. You're not just here because a man and woman laid together, but simply you were created in the very image of God. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past, how many how many mistakes you've made, how big of a mess you've made, or how many broken pieces you might have caused. God can make you whole. He can put you back together. And what you must first do is just surrender to him. If you'll surrender to him, behold, he can make all things new. You know, we all were born, but however, we must be born again. And in order to get born again, you can step out of the darkness into the marvelous light of Christ. Put your trust and faith in the Lord. Find you a good uh, uh, Bible-based church. And if you need help finding one in your area, reach out to us and we can help you find one. But I want to tell you, I've talked to many older people in my day and nobody has ever regretted serving the Lord. They just wish that they would have sooner. So simply you can do it just simply by praying in your own words, something by like asking the Lord to forgive you of your sins, acknowledge that you're a sinner, ask the Lord to come into your life and transform you. And he let's will repeat after you. Let's repeat after you, Caleb. Can we do that right now? Because I didn't yes. know what to do. Yeah. And I would love for it to be really clear. And so if somebody's listening or, or driving or wherever you are watching and you want to receive Jesus as Savior, mm. I, I think it's important to declare that with your mouth out loud. Don't, don't I just think it's really good yeah. to erase any doubts. So, Caleb, we're going to repeat after you. Yes. Lord Jesus, Lord I ask Jesus. you to come into my life That's to forgive me of my sins. Uh, Lord, I, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and that I need you. And Lord, I pray that you will just come into my life, save me, wash me white as snow, forgive me of my sins, help me to trust in you, help me, Lord, to learn about you. And I pray, Lord, that you will put others in my life that can mentor me and walk alongside me in this Christian journey. And Lord, I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins, that one day I can spend all of eternity with you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. That's some good stuff right there. And if you just said those words right now, you will be in heaven with Jesus. Don't you think right now, Caleb, the angels are just, they're singing, they're rejoicing? Oh, I most definitely. <laughs> and the amazing thing is, wherever you are right now, if you just made the decision to follow Christ, you're a born again believer. It doesn't matter if you're in a hospital, doesn't matter if you're driving in your car, if you're at home. Uh, God can meet you wherever you are. He met with Saul on the Damascus Road. He met with Moses on the backside of the desert, and he can meet with you right now where you are. I love that. So we can stop praying, Lord, come into this place because he's already there. He's been there. <laughs> 
He's been waiting on you to show up this whole time. Yes. Caleb, we love you, buddy, and uh, we appreciate you taking the time, man. You're welcome on uh, the show anytime you can uh, make time for us. So thanks again. Thank you so much, and I can't wait to do it again. Love you both. Roxanne and Ace Unlimited, what a powerful segment with evangelist Caleb Gordon. We're so thankful for him, for his vulnerability, Mm -hmm. and for the opportunity for those that don't know Jesus to become surrendered to him and have a whole new life. You're a new creation in Christ. Yeah, welcome to the family. Of course, we want to say thanks to our family, uh, not only with My Brother's Cup. Remember, you can uh, go to mybrotherscup.com, get the Roxanne blend. It's pecans and butterflies and all the things you need in the morning uh, or really any time of day. I, I feel like that's one of those coffees that I'm like, I need an afternoon cup. And that's one of those that just, you know, gets everybody going. You know, it's just in time, you know, for birthdays, celebrations, whatnot. People go, where'd you get this? And uh, all the money goes to uh, help those uh, that are in need. And so it's just an amazing ministry. So we're excited to have them as a part of the show. And as always, great to spend time with you. So thanks again for listening. Share and subscribe so you don't miss future episodes on Fridays. And we'll see you next week. Roxanne, I love you. I love you too. You've been listening to Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. To make sure you don't miss future shows, you can subscribe anywhere you like to podcast and catch up on anything you've missed. Find out more at RoxanneandAce.com. Roxanne and Ace Unlimited is a production of Spacebird Media.